Hi, everybody. This is a podcast where real doctors discuss fake medical situations. That means that unless you pulled a hamstring at a waffle party, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Also, this episode covers a suicide attempt that happens within the show that we're discussing. If you're not comfortable hearing about that sort of thing, the conversation occurs about 32 minutes into our episode and finishes up at about 44 minutes. And there will be a warning right before it happens as well. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Vane. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as Please Enjoy All Podcasts Equally, a podcast review podcast. <laughs> all right. It's rare that I all actually right. make you guys laugh with this it. This one's a for real laugh, good. not a, a pity. pity laugh. Yeah. Uh, this is Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast where we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. You can find this podcast online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hi Everybody MD or by visiting www.hieverybodymd.com. You can also call us and give us some more, I guess, ideas or give us feedback at 530-DOCTORB. That's 530-D-O-C-T-O-R-B. The B stands for brain chip, which hey. I think works well for this episode. Yeah. Did you just come up with it? No, I wrote it down. <laughs> oh, okay. I was very, uh, his I was very impressed. came up with it, and he just found it. My Annie did find it. It, it was... got past the code uh, code disguisers. Uh, we are going to be discussing, as you might have gathered, uh, severance. episode title. Uh, uh, we are from the episode title. Uh, we're discussing Severance, the Apple TV show that is just phenomenal. Normally, we focus on one episode of a show. This time, we're calling out a couple things, specifically from Defiant Jazz, but we're going to be talking about the series as a whole. So, spoilers uh, for all of it. I do uh, want to introduce someone who you probably already know if you listen to this podcast uh with us this week uh is dr greg winter hey what's up hi everybody hi everybody there we go everybody for once normally i open with jackson why did you pick this but i picked this yes you did pick this uh jackson why did i pick this uh because you said that i should watch the show and i doubted you the whole time and then i finally watched it and then i did the whole experience at comic-con where i became an innie myself and had a blast and very much so enjoyed sounds, the show. sounds like a personal problem i mean <laughs> i am now my audi it is okay it, yeah i have not i have not receded into myself nor is my chip on you are a person i mean my innie is a person in theory they have you, their own life. You and Heliar disagree. Yes. Um, I think what Johnny said is important. That there's no way to talk about this without significantly spoiling it. Yes. And I think if you if you like sci-fi stuff, this is a show worth, that's worth watching. You might as well watch it. If you go to work, it's a good show. That's true. I and and actually that make that brings up a point. I was talking about this uh, over the weekend, and part of. It, it took me a while to get into it, and and the person I was talking to was like, "Yeah, but you like your job." And I, <laughs> and I, like, that actually makes a big difference. Like, I do remember when I didn't like my job, and yeah. this would have spoken to me in a very different way. Yeah. Um, and I think if you've ever had a job for working for a corporation, especially one that tries to get you to kind of drink their Kool Aid of like yeah. our corporate lifestyle, and this is what we do here, it's just like. But I'm an employee. I don't care what you yeah, do yeah. here. And I had to talk about this like at work too. Like, how would doctors serve or work as an innie and an outie kind of thing? Your memories are severed. Well, your your memories are severed, but your skills are not. 
but are is medical knowledge skill? Or is that is numbers, a great question, right? That's that I guess goes you, into. You could be empathetic, but that is. I mean, mine just is you. mine is as anyone who knows me knows. My skill set is from training. It is. It's not memory, right? Like I'm not an empathetic person, but someone taught me how to. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm good at I'm good yeah. at it because someone took time and I took time to learn it and go through techniques and stuff. But yeah. like, you cared yeah, enough like, to learn, but not you didn't care enough to care. <laughs> <laughs> if only you were the first person to have said that. <laughs> I mean, my my job, I need to know a lot of stupid things. I mean, I'm sure like knowing how to sew and all that other stuff is probably intrinsically in me now but like would i know if someone showed up with some kind of medical disease i think I dig that out from my memory or is it like something that i had to just built into my skill set that's a really good question uh, i think that's a thing the show addresses very well by you have no idea what they're doing they don't even know what they're doing yeah. they're certainly doing something yeah and like any job at some point you're like oh Okay, I can do this. Like either you can do it, or or they don't. You don't work there anymore. Yeah. But like they are doing a task. You can identify the the rote portions of it as like, hey, you're looking at numbers. Also, at some point, those numbers are going to make sense to you in a way that you have to do something about them. Yeah. But you have no idea what it is. Right. And they don't. They have no idea what it is. So I actually don't think your skill set. Tra- I mean, like they do give the, them a handbook though. To I learn. I think the basic. I have it. <laughs> I think the basic tenet of it is like your your ability to communicate, your general like they they show up to work dressed, they're not confused about going to the bathroom, but like no, their skills are not there. They're not the they, even their personalities are not. Can really you imagine if they were like baby like like what is the stuff coming out of my body? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm curious though as to in future seasons when we see more of this, are we going to see more skill focused like Bert Christopher Walken's character they're obviously creating or restoring or doing something with that art yeah but you can train anyone to do that I think you Fair. and, and yeah. I also feel that you can train anyone to do almost any job uh, are there different levels of intelligence yes but if you have a willingness if you have a willingness and ability to learn which everyone has an ability to learn I think you can be trained to do almost anything I think of course, there are limits to that, but I, I've always especially felt about being a doctor. It's like so much just repetition. Like you put your reps in. Like, yeah, you got to You got to actually do it. You got to study and do stuff for some people. That's easier. But it, I think anyone can do it if they have the motivation to do it. Yeah. I think that is a fair kind of thing to say. Like, I, I mean, just, I just wonder. I did some Bob Rossing over the pandemic. <laughs> They all had like various things that they learned how to do. I think that's probably why we haven't seen other departments yet. There has to be like a health department down there. And you wonder if those people are severed or not. And I'm sure that'll probably get touched on future season. And I, I actually, I, I have a hope because I think that this ends, the, the season ends in such a way that makes me want to watch more. I hope that they don't, I hope it doesn't become lost, lost. Right. I mean, just write, write a good story yeah. and do it. And, and you can, you can ruin anything by d- digging into the minutia of it. The thing that to me made Star Wars good sci-fi was that they didn't try to explain stuff. They have a they have a story, and you can fill in the blanks. Yeah. But like this is something where I think if they try to fill in those blanks, 
it's gonna ruin like it's gonna ruin your imagination. Your imagination of it is better than anything someone's gonna write. Because we all have had experiences because, in an office. Because eventually you get Maclorians. <laughs> right, exactly. Because eventually <laughs> you have Maclorians. And somehow Obi-Wan is both 90 and 35. He ages well. I did see a picture of uh, Alec Guinness at uh, the age that Obi-Wan was supposed to be. And he basically looked like Ewan McGregor. So <laughs> right. that checks out. But uh, that's not the focus of this episode, so I'm going to kill that tangent on my from myself right I now. Don't, um, you're going to kill a tangent from I, me? No, that was my <laughs> tangent I was fa- taking. I'm fairly certain that all I'm good for is tangent. If you would like to take a tangent class. <laughs> <laughs> send one dollar, too. Um, so I do want to talk about, before we get into, like, the keep going on the general severance process, I want to talk about some of the medical things that we did see, uh, starting specifically with the... Sever- with with the process of being severed with with the implantation of the chip mm-hmm. uh, that's something that happens pretty early in the show we see it in the second episode and it's a an outpatient brain surgery where your boss is watching how was that seen as far as medical accuracy goes depends on what they were doing yes. or as far as a haircut or <laughs> or like a dental procedure that's fine actually you might you make a good st- point there too because normally if you're gonna do any kind of surgery in the brain don't you want to shave the area well uh, and there are actually different so now especially with brain surgery they try to do as little of that as possible because it turns out that the less um the less you make someone look different the quicker they recover Hmm. and i i mean a responsible person that was going to sit down and talk about a subject would have looked into a thing Mm -hmm. But there are, <laughs> there are better rates of recovery for brain surgery for people that have less area shaved and for people that, like, um, they have less cutting into their head. Like, the, the, more, the smaller the incision or the smaller the drill hole, the smaller the manipulation, the less haircut. Like, all those, all those things add up to better recovery. Yeah. Um, but you would imagine, like, if you're going to cut into some area, you want to keep it sterile. So you got to get rid of that hair because that hair is not I sterile. Mean, it, yeah, you can wash your hair. I mean, you're, you're right. But I mean, so the, the goal is you do, instead of like shaving everyone's head, just ha- they shave, shave a patch. the air. They shave. She's got long hair. hair. She can yeah. hide it. But in a very, there's some interesting things for me, at least, that came up, which is like, you know, this. You, you pretend that this is kind of near future, right? Like it's not right now. So maybe they're doing things differently in a way where it's just like, oh, this is, um, we, we have sterilized this in a way that's acceptable. We wipe down the hair. Right. Um, but like drilling into someone, and we talked about this when we did our Comic-Con panel recently, plug for, plug for your show. <laughs> <laughs> but like they drill into her head, they don't really do anesthesia. And in truth, you kind of don't really have to do a lot. You have to do topical anesthesia, yeah. but your, your brain doesn't have... Nerve pain endings receptors. in it. Yeah. So you, you, that's right. It doesn't have pain receptors. It has it nerve has endings. Nerve endings it's, in, it. uh, it, I'm gonna, in fact, the brain I, is a whole bundle yeah, of nerves. I'm going to walk back on that. <laughs> your bundle of nerves called your brain doesn't have pain receptors yes. in it. it. It does have nerves in it um, or it has neurons in it. Um, and so like the fact that she's not necessarily feeling pain is not out of the, it's not super wrong, but not showing them do a topical anesthetic. Yeah. Also, like you could drill into someone's head kind of quickly, and you could maybe 
just get through. Like you could destroy those skin receptors pretty fast, and yeah. being that the the bone doesn't, eh, the bone could potentially be tender. I mean, the bone can <laughs> hurt because you broke you break bone and yeah. it hurts, mm-hmm. and it hurts and it can still feel vibration and yeah. stuff like that too. So that would still hurt. One of the things I was thinking while it was happening is there there are these things in medicine that are hard to explain. And one of the big one is like our our sense of smell is really tied to memory. And when you smell something like uh, burnt skin or or body discharge, oh, that's or, a nice way to. Yeah, I, I tried body discharge or like heated up bone heated up to yeah. the point that it's powdered. Like that's a specific it's, scent. It's a roasty, toasty smell. But it's it's a thing that you have you smell you, it and you've never smelled it before. But you will smell it again somewhere else, and it really makes like what it like. It, I know that, what it is. Is that what is that smelly smell that smells of something? <laughs> right. it, it, it's right. the next big thing from Yankee Candle. <laughs> <laughs> is bone drill? Bone drill. Bone, bone drill. saw. I will say, like the first time I smelled bone drill, it, like it's a very specific smell. Yeah. Like no amount of mask will cover that up. But I mean, there's a lot of things like that. In, like there are a lot of smells like that in medicine. Like mm. oh, uh, pyelonidocyst. Well, yes. So, mm-hmm. so that's like infected, uh, infected hair, basically, right? Like, it's like an ingrown hair at to the nth degree above your butt cheeks. Yeah, yep. Um, one of the ones that I think about is like GI bleed. Like mm. bloody, bloody mm. digested stool has a specific scent that when you smell it, when you're somewhere else where it shouldn't mm. be, mm-hmm. when you're like walking down the street and you smell, you're like, oh, oh. something bad happened. You know, the title of this podcast should be, you should be happy you can't smell this. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Sever, Rotavirus, sever, horrible. Sever your smell. Sever your smell. Oh, C. diff. Like, there's so many special smells that we all learn as. And I, I think. Medical professionals. So it, in my particular specialty, I see a lot of weird <laughs> things that have to be normalized. And, and one of the things that I think I, that is not a skill, but is like. I just don't have a great sense of smell. I just don't. And so there are times where I have been talking to someone who has literal tumor growing out of their body and, and we're doing like a dressing change or whatever. And I'm holding on a normal conversation and I turn around and look at who's helping me. And they're like gagging in the background because it smells so bad. I just can't like, I just don't smell things mm-hmm. as well, which is good lucky, for me. Lucky, lucky man. But it's also like weird. It also means I clearly am missing a bunch of other Stuff that I'm supposed to be smelling. Yeah. And and for those who are new to the podcast, uh, Dr. Greg Winter is a palliative care doctor, uh, which is hospice. Yeah, I do. I do hospice care. So I work with people who are are significantly ill, often with cancer um, in their last days of life, last weeks or days of life. And so some of the patients, especially I work in an inpatient setting and they have significant wounds or tumors. I wonder how many Yankee candles there are in that place. Just to really <laughs> Zero. Just... We cannot have... We cannot have candles. We cannot have scents. What and, about coffee grounds? Uh, the thing about that is, I would like to drink coffee later. Mm. And, so you don't want to, and so you don't, right? You don't want to do that. Yeah, that's true. Coffee grounds do cover up the smell of things. We, pretty well. we did have a guy recently who's got some. Um, he has ostomy bags, which means his bowels empty oh, to God. bags on the outside of his body, which is actually probably more common than mm-hmm. you know. I said, "Oh God," because I know what ostomy bag can but, relate to. But the thing is, like. We we li- we work in a hospice home, so they make breakfast for us sometimes. And, we- and if I am there Lovely. early enough, which is rare, so sometimes I also get breakfast. But we all had eggs, and then I was examining this guy who also had eggs, 
They were just kind of like in his ostomy bag as the same as thing. eggs. As how 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 were those eggs? Pretty good. It's what I like it. Yeah. And it and also like that's one of those normalization. I mean that's that's yeah. actually a learned skill, right? Yeah. It's like this is normal. It's okay. And even though I can tell the story about it, it didn't bother me then. It doesn't mm-hmm. bother me now. Yeah. I kind of um, want some egg. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go back to the cutting of the scalp? Yes. That, you know, we always say there's not enough blood. There was definitely not enough blood in that whole scene. Because I get so many patients that, like, like land on their back of their head. And just, like, it's, like, a, a bloody murder scene. Yeah. And there's just so much blood that comes out. Your which, your scalp has a lot of, vas- of vasculature. It's very, I mean... You, you are feeding all your hair follicles. Yeah. You're, you're feeding your brain. You're feeding your brain. And I would assume the only way it wouldn't is if you inject it with like lidocaine with epinephrine that would constrict the vessels. But yeah. so much blood. But then also you kind of think, how do they repair it so that they don't know? Because usually the go-to for us is staples because it's faster. I mean, you can do stitches. I mean, but in this, they didn't cut in, right? They just, they made no, a burn. No, they made a small they cut, cut first. They cut first and then they, and they then, had the spreaders and then they drilled. Spin drill. Um, I mean, I think you can get away with the amount of blood that they had. I I, th- I think later on they have an appropriate amount of blood. Yes. During yes. the bat to the back of the yeah. head scene. What did you... And then Johnny said, like, you were reading more about the chip being inserted. Yeah. Right? And that the location of the chip uh, is uh, right above the amygdala. To sev- I believe it... I don't recall specifically. I don't have that note. Um uh, if it was to separate the hemispheres or not. So there are surgeries that separate hemispheres and they use that for like seizures. And the thing that separates your hemispheres is the corpus callosum, which mm-hmm. is just like a bridge of nerves almost. So if you have really bad seizures, what they'll do is they'll just cut your brain in half essentially by cutting the connection through so that the electricity doesn't propagate through to the other side of the brain so you don't have a full body seizure. But the amygdala itself, I had to look it up, is in charge of emotions. Not memory. Hmm. There's a great Batman villain, Amygdala. He doesn't have control over his emotions. <laughs> he also doesn't feel pain. Eh. Eh. <laughs> but I, I think the chip placement, if you're really trying to get rid of memories, would be like your hippocampus. Which Where is that compared to where we saw it? Sides. Where is that in comparison to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? That one requires a lot of shooty shooty bang bangs to like zap out memories, okay. if I remember correctly. Uh, <laughs> you have to put like a, basically a, a jiffy pop. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to go with um, uh, da, 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, eraser? It's not Eraser. Um, uh, end of, not End of Days. The Mars one. Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. Oh, like, I, like that, that little oh you ruined the thing I wrote down that I wanted to talk about. Oh, please. Please do. <laughs> well, so I, I think there's a big conceit here, which is like, Sci-Fi MacGuffin, we're going to put this in your head, and now you're separated. Sci-Fi MacGuffin's my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great name. Um, but there are people that are doing things like this. So Elon Musk has a company that's trying to get FDA approval um, for putting... Neuralink? Yeah, for mm-hmm. Neuralinks. There's a company in Australia who already... Who did get approval for human trials. Um, I know Elon Musk's company has had... Like, they've had a lot of success with their pre-human trials. They've also killed a lot of monkeys or chimpanzees, which are very different. I just don't know which one a better person would have researched. <laughs> um, but um, there's also a really good, I want to say it's um, it's not This American Life, it's like Reply All or one of those other um, NPR shows where like somebody is using 
it's not Neuralink technology, but they're they're using um, brain stimulation to make themselves better at at specific tasks. And so, like, this is a like legitimate matrix. Yes, but uh, but like for real in real life at this time. In fact, years ago, so probably even more advanced. And so, like this, these are things that are kind of happening. Um, and it <laughs> it sort of made me think like the the next step in this is this potential you know, separation where you don't ever have to do the things that you don't want to do, right? Like another part of you can do that. And in Total Recall, his his buddy basically says like, don't fuck with your brain, pal. It's not worth it. And yeah, that's uh, like, be real careful with what you're doing to your brain. You do not know the consequences. Also, Total Recall is amazing. We should do a show on yeah, <laughs> Total we Recall. We, there's, we could do two shows because there's two of them, yeah, but only should, one we counts. We should no, just, just do the one. one. <laughs> So, uh, so, so the location then you think is not, it wouldn't sever you. I mean, the other thing is when they do that side shot and they show it going in, you can't place an object in three dimensional space in 2d. So you can't, you have no idea even where they're placing. Yeah. We use like, like the closest thing I can think to that is like a fluoroscopy. I mean, you can do like a moving MRI, like a live MRI, but you're not going to be able to do it with the whole like tunnel around you, but you can do it with like a C arm. And you can tell if something is moving in the right place, but it's not going to be that much. Resolution. It's a C arm like a robot. C arm is is a fancy way of saying it's a C where one end has a um, receptor and one set, one end shoots out the radiation. So um, you can actually put that around whatever you're trying to image and get an idea of how it's moving. So they use it for certain procedures like reductions of fractures. It allows you to get uh, in places where the patient live, can't be moved quite as much. It's a live x-ray is a, is a kind of a nice way to say it. It's like a full motion x-ray that's just constantly going. But yeah. the amount of radiation you get from a whole procedure, like a 10, 15 minute procedure, is probably as much as you get from a transatlantic flight is what I was told. Yeah, the they try. The, there's a lot of safety protocols in place for that when they are using a C-arm or a fluoroscope. So the fluoroscope is another, that's the same similar same thing. But that allows them to see when they're dealing with, when they're trying to realign, realign bone. And those are the procedures where everyone will be wearing lead suits. Mm -hmm. you're, all, you're covered up. Yep. Um, you know, trying to make sure that you don't, that you don't mess up your regeneration. You don't mess up the, the tingly bits. That's, that's a better <laughs> way to, a better way to put it. But yeah, so the scene that they did, it was very, very high resolution the way they kind of inserted it in. And, you know, this could be like near future, like Greg kind of mentioned, but current future, it's really hard to kind of do something like that. It, it was just too high resolution for... It was very high resolution. It looked, I mean, it, really, it looked really nice. But also, I think that's one of the interesting things about um, sci-fi medicine in general is like things like that are becoming so much more accessible and common, whereas uh, before, I, I, I think I even talked about this in one of our live things where like... If if a hospital bought a an ultrasound probe twenty years ago, that's a twenty thousand dollar piece of equipment. Now you can buy an ultrasound probe that hooks up to your phone. For like two thousand. It's less than two, for sure. Less than two thousand. It's a subscription fee that. <laughs> that's where they get. You. That's really how they get you. I've actually looked into buying you gotta, one. You gotta buy the subscription to the ultrasound gel. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And do you want a warmer? Of course you want a warmer. I mean, I'm yeah. No one likes cool gel. <laughs> but I. But that's the thing. Like the the. The sensors and the computing power is so different. Like, it is orders of magnitude different. 
And um, it's it's actually the hospital is now behind the times. The hospital has the crummy machine with a CRTV or a cathode ray monitor mm-hmm, yeah. instead of like your a phone, which is high definition where you can zoom it, where you can flip around. It's like the hospital is behind the times, but also they can't upgrade because, because they just because, because they shelled the out investment. They yeah. put the money in. Yeah. Um, and then one other thing I want to start a hospital. I mean, <laughs> what? We're going to make a movie kind of like we bought. I a was going to say it's like we bought a zoo. <laughs> we, we, bought, we, bought we bought a hospital. hospital. Um, you know what makes people really likable? Owning hospitals. Oh, yeah. I mean, they made a whole show about that. It's it called New Amsterdam. A ton of money, though. Yeah. New Amsterdam is a show about people doing medicine their way. I can't wait to watch that one with you. Let's not do or let's do that. I mean, yes. The last thing I want to mention, though, about this whole scene before we move on is Greg mentioned this, too. Um, They really leaned into that drill. (laughs) Not to the same extent that they did in house. No. So I'm I'm really hoping that Johnny is able to post our our episode from um, Comic Con this year. Um, but in it, we talked, there's a, um, what is that from? It was from house. It was from house. Yeah. So there's a scene in house where someone's doing a, a burr hole like that. And Remotely. He's, he's given it a lot of pressure. He's really leaning in and even house makes the joke. Like if it goes out the other side, you've gone too far. Like, yeah. That's once you get past the skull, everything in there is real soft. <laughs> you don't, you can't push on it. I mean, that's why a lot of times there's guards to prevent you from drilling too deep too quick i mean they have that that when you're drilling into your ceiling yeah that's a, i was gonna say not like a lot of times for sure when you're drilling into someone's skull unless you're in a crazy emergency where you don't have a drill with a guard on it for drilling into someone's skull there's gonna be that protection there yeah speaking of protection <laughs> i don't know where this is going uh, this is going to security oh okay um yeah, oh, okay. The, the other uh medical moment or one of the other two medical moments that we wanted to to discuss was mm. the uh murder of mr grainer yeah with a baseball bat by a doctor whose name begins with an r who i cannot recall who's the one who originally came Place up with it and performed the, the the severance procedure yeah uh jackson that's one that you brought up as wanting to include yeah there was it's one of those particularly violent scenes, I think, that kind of actually looked realistic. We always talk about head trauma and how it would shut you down pretty quickly. This is one of those where she really went for it, and I think there was an, a correct amount of blood. Even Greg, I think, who <laughs> we just rewatched the scene, he goes, oh, that's enough blood. Yeah, yeah. we were talking about what it means to, to cut into somebody uh, somebody's scalp. And you look at that scene at the end after she hits it. She hits him three times. She also hits him hard. Yeah, she, yeah. she, she, she leans it. into it. With an aluminum bat. There were some good clinks. Good job and, to the Foley artists there. And, um, I mean, it, it also it's it's interesting because this show is generally not violent. Like, there's a lot no. of weird, surreal stuff happening. But that's kind of a moment of pretty explosive um, violence. And the aftermath of it is upsetting, as it should be. Like... If you do that to somebody, there are consequences. There's a lot of blood on the floor. And um, Adam Scott's character, like, I don't know which one he is. He's Mark. <laughs> it's, it's Things are confusing. If you haven't seen it, you shouldn't still be listening. <laughs> um, but, like, he's upset, and you would be upset. It's a, it's blood. There, it probably a cracked skull. There would probably be brain matter. Mm-hmm. Like, our, our bodies are designed to protect us, but also... 
you know. You can only protect you can, so much. You can only protect so far. Yeah, and a, a, a bat is pretty good about breaking through the skull. There's almost they, specifically designed to do damage to a rounded object. Yes, correct. <laughs> but when they were pulling him, like, there was a yeah. proper trail of blood kind of going through there. I'm a little more surprised that there wasn't more blood on anybody. Everybody came out pretty clean. Mm-hmm. All things considered. And I do find it kind of interesting that they said, don't vomit. You're going to leave your DNA there. I mean, he's going to leave his DNA there anyway, but yeah. vomiting would leave more DNA. More DNA there. Yeah. And, and you, you'd, you'd know that this is probably what we want to ch- test. I mean, I'm happy he's not a fainter, you know, because that is a very real response to someone who sees that much blood. And I've seen that more times than not in my emergency department. I'm sure Greg has dealt with. Nope. No? <laughs> no, but nobody faints in the hospital. Often their trajectory is one of um, awake for a little bit, especially when some family member comes by. People kind of get this second wind a lot of time. But then afterwards, they may be asleep for days, and that can be kind of frustrating for families to see that pattern. They're just like, well, he was just awake yet. Are you giving him too much medication? Blah. This is a conversation for a different topic. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's a big topic of trying to understand what is normal for people at the time, at at an end of lifetime because they don't have that experience and also it's not like normal it you know it's not normal interactions like no. they only have a little bit of energy and they used it so that means for the next three days they might not they gotta open re- their eyes they gotta reopen would reopen you say that it's energy? not like what we see on tv i say that so much of the time yeah someone should do a podcast <laughs> i try this is this is i'm trying to repeat myself less so do the podcast as much as possible. That that is fair. <laughs> um, can reach a slightly wider audience. And then speaking on the the <laughs> the effects of stress and all that other stuff for using all your energy, he does eventually vomit. Yeah, until when he's he home. just holds it. Yeah, he holds it in. Strongest, like probably gag reflex of all time. I mean, but that's also that's another thing. It's like you can you you we talked about that in another episode where people are asking about, or or maybe it was during the um, panel question and answer period where people are asking about adrenaline and like that can be a big deal like you you can normalize things in the moment and then you get a chance to relax and that's when things can hit you um and that happens with trauma a lot that happens with uh, really emotional things a lot you you know people people can be real decisive and strong and then 10 minutes later when everything calms down that's when crying and sobbing and, and and there's nothing wrong with any of that that's no. that's how our bodies are designed to work you compartmentalize for a little bit and then when it finally hits it hits. or if you're me forever <laughs> or if you're severed also forever not forever just while things just are just for eight there. hours a day exactly um but yeah there that was one of those scenes that i remember watching going oh man this is pretty darn accurate just yeah it the felt right I mean, and no weird body twitches. The st- standard Hollywood body twitch. Yeah, thank S- God there was SHBT. no. Yeah, and I've seen that like I've seen that many times on TV. I I will never see it in person, mainly because they come to me yeah, much later. The only kind of body shaking that happens after a head injury is like just seizures. That's that's a type of twitch. Yeah, but it's now a, you're splitting hairs. Yeah, but it's a long time twitch instead of splitting heads. I was trying. I I was, I was making the joke before. I'm not proud of it. Now nah, you shouldn't be. Take it back. I will not take it back. I will not step back a joke. 
Um, do we want to move into the kind of the other thing, medical technical thing that we wanted to cover before I have a lot of general questions about severance as a thing? Um, but yeah. we, we also discussed the, uh, this is, uh, in end of episode four, beginning of episode five, uh, Heliar hanging herself in the elevator. And this is another one, Jackson, that you brought up as something you wanted to touch on. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty dramatic scene and like, it kind of goes to show, and I think Greg mentioned this before we recorded was, you know, she was carrying on her day very well. And then she took a cord and then tried to hang herself. And that whole scene was pretty dramatic in that point. Um, looked relatively re realistic, save for like, it's a messy way to die. It's not like this, it's not this clean way that people think that people go. It is much more traumatic in general. As, as someone who doesn't run this podcast, I think we should probably say... There's a suicide hotline out there. Yes. <laughs> and if if this is something that disturbs you, you, you should probably not listen to us talk about it. Yeah. But there's a new suicide hotline number. It's 988 instead of 911. I didn't I oh, didn't even know yes. that until very like, recently. I don't know, 10 minutes ago before we started recording. You should definitely use that yeah. if you need help. Um, um, but also talking about suicide does not make people want to commit suicide. In fact, that's part of our training is to talk about if people have plans and if they do have plans to actually discuss what it is instead of pretend like they're not going through that crisis because to, to ignore that problem does not address it. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, you don't, don't listen to something that's going to bother you. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to talk about it. Yeah. Johnny um, probably will insert a timestamp. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Skip um, to Johnny's time here. If you don't want to hear this conversation, skip ahead to about 44 minutes now. That being said, this is also our second time talking about suicide. Suicide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, at least. I, I think, well, we did that, that Seinfeld episode that was ex almost exclusive, right? That was yeah, well, we did yeah, Midsummer yeah, yeah. too. Oh, Everyone oh, yeah. should watch Midsummer. Yes. Should, I mean, it's a what? really good movie. Should we take a break and watch Midsummer? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like everyone should watch Severance, by the way. Yeah, yes. actually. That's... Actually, you should really watch Severance if you haven't. It's so good. Oh, man, Midsevrance would be a great show. <laughs> I, I would I would watch Midsevrance. But back to suicide. <laughs> back to suicide. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, I, I think that it's very interesting that before, like, you know, the whole time they're trying to convince her character... So like, hey, just kind of buy into what we're doing and, and you will see that it's going to be okay. And then she kind of, you see that attitude change. And it's like, when people are really depressed, all you want is for them to have that attitude change, right? Like that's what you are hoping for as their friends. But sometimes that's not necessarily a positive thing. It might, it, it might mean that they have made up their mind about some things. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, then they are in a better mood. Because they, because uh, <laughs> they know what's next. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I, and I, I, I think I'm saying that because it's important to be like if if you have people in those situations or if you're in that situation, you know, you have to recognize where you're at, and just because somebody suddenly feels good doesn't mean everything's honky dory. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like you should still, you know, still be your concerned self, and also it's not always helpful to just, you know, always be asking somebody what's wrong, but. Just because someone suddenly feels better doesn't mean everything is everything okay. is perfect. Mm -hmm. Just because someone suddenly presents themselves as feeling better—that's thank you for the qualifier. <laughs> <laughs> if 
But yeah, this scene itself though is it kind of reminds me of like one of the first patients I saw. Like, what it was a person who was hanging for quite a while. They did not look as clean and neat as Helly did when she was finally cut down. Like there was a lot of more ligature marks on the neck. There was a lot of bursted blood vessels in the eye. Um, blood was coming from the mouth because there was actually trauma inside the neck, not in the lower abdomen as we usually see in movies and whatnot. Um, and she was already kind of waking up mm-hmm. when they took her down, which definitely does not happen that quickly. Well, and it's also this, you know, it's a show. We don't know the time frames, but still at least one elevator. Ride. Yeah. Up yeah, and but, down. But you have no idea what that like. You don't know if that elevator door just closed. Like you have no idea what happens here. This is sci fi nonsense. Mm-hmm. Is it 10 seconds? Is it two minutes? I mean, in truth, you you see that when she kicks over that garbage can and puts the full weight on herself like suddenly she's she's not in a comfortable place um i i've growing up watching the movies that i've watched and enjoyed you see a lot of violent stuff one of the things that actually that gives me a visceral reaction is like hanging but it's not it's not somebody hanging it's like the sounds no it's the seeing of a hanged person in silhouette that just gets. I don't know why. I've never. What seen about that. Homer like batting a light bulb? <laughs> it's only thing that makes no, me feel that better. No, d- that doesn't bother. Okay, just, just making sure. But like, so you see, like, you see her do that. It reminds me of Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. right? Where where oh. what's his uh, name, buddy? Brooks. Yeah, Brooks, Brooks does it. But like the scene of Brooks doing it doesn't bother me. It's the scene of the shadow of Brooks, mm-hmm. and it's like that's the finality of it. Yeah. And I don't I, I think that's the thing that often is not addressed in any sort of violent depiction of anything is the like the aftermath. Like you, you see the action of it and like, oh, somebody did a cool thing or like, oh, he ripped his arm off. But it's like the still person bleeding out. Or like that's the thing that gets you, the opening scene of Midsummer. <laughs> that's oh, actually, yes, you, it took. I mean, I think I said it during the episode. It it took me like six times to get through that to get to the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's that it is. It's like someone who's dead, and you're like, mm, not good. So as far as the so Jackson, you said that that she opened her eyes. She was okay. Did she didn't come back to work that day? Did she? No, she went to the hospital. Yeah, and then and then she. I don't know how many days it was. They didn't really make it clear. And then she eventually just showed up, which is kind of. It has to be like this really dramatic. Thing. We also don't even don't know what day it was. It could have been a weekend. Correct. So she could have been gone for a while. Mm-hmm. But the whole like waking up again after your severance chip turns back on and then seeing your back at work, you're like, oh fudge. I mean, I also I wonder what her what her Audi because her I mean her Audi has to know. clearly it's I mean it's even more than that. Like this is a this entire this is a huge spoiler. If you haven't seen the show, stop listening. Right. <laughs> yeah. But like her Audi is so complicit in the plot of doing this to make this a, a viable thing for whatever their purposes are later. Like, oh man, my Annie hates this so much that she tried to kill, kill me. Herself. But also, I'm gonna be like, well, you're going back in. Like, yeah, they're still a, going back in. It's nuts. I mean, maybe that's why her Annie is so depressed in the first place because yeah. that's a shitty way to feel. Mm-hmm. But maybe she didn't praise Kira enough. <laughs> Praise here. You need to watch this show. Yeah. If you're this far and you haven't watched this show, I'm. 
I'm impressed with your dedication to us and we need a Patreon. Yeah. I, I will <laughs> I will say there's some shit there's a podcast I listen to where they like Spoiler alert, but also you should watch this. And I'm like, I'm probably not going to watch this. I should have watched it. Why did I like, I like these people's opinions enough that I trust their judgment. I'm listening. I know exactly which podcast you're talking about too. (laughs) I listen to a lot of shit. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, um, moral of the story. I have none. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moral of the story. She probably would have been worse off than she was from what we saw and the time frame that we can assume there was between Mark, between the, her, her going up and then Mark yeah. finding her at she, some point. She should be not doing well. It's kind of like the knockout theory where if you get punched and then all of a sudden yeah. you're like fine again. This is not one of those things where you're going to be fine in a day or two. It's going to take some time for you to recover. Your brain did not get oxygen for a long time. You're we in, think. we It's long enough that she passed out i mean and i also think there's an like in um in hollywood and and tv they often get this wrong which is why we're talking about it is that like people can be dead for a while and then they're gonna be okay like you you have about i i mean you get like a three minute no oxygen window and then you're brain dead and it doesn't matter what we do um sometimes in certain situations, people do recover from that. But like three minutes without oxygen and you're dead. Yeah. Your brain no happy. Luckily, the severance chip also has an oxygen. <laughs> it has a 28 second oxygen. They yeah. planned ahead. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing you see a lot where like, you know, people get choked or people are underwater or something happens and you have these miracle recoveries. I uh, There's a there's a thing in Ocean Beach of somebody getting rescued on the beach and like they get their CPR and like that guy's breathing again, but he's clearly not not alive do- anymore. Right? He's like, not in good. Yeah. He's not in a good condition. And, you know, there's a, that's the, di- the difference between being awake and uh, the difference between being alive oh, and being f- and, awake and having and meaningful function. Yeah. Right. Is, is very different. Yeah. It's like how much of your full brain is still OK. If it's just a brainstem. And I, I watch a lot of I watch a lot of true crime stuff and listen to true crime stuff and it's all it's always interesting to me that it takes about three days for people to like miss you enough to check on you, but like it's you get three minutes before it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So, so we call that people day, folks. Call yeah. people every three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to stay alive. Text them incessantly. That's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst medical advice I've ever heard. This podcast is that I know at the beginning it said, boop, boop. This podcast is not medical advice. And then this is definitely one of those times, (laughs) I would say. (laughs) But again, new number for mental health issues, which is probably good because calling 911 for everything is not great if you're in a crisis. So 988. And I also think it's worthwhile to know the poison control number. Jackson, do you know it? 1-800-222-1222. He's an ER doctor. Of course he knows it. So, yeah. And if you're digging in your yard, call 811. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually a really good idea. Uh, And and am I good to say that this is, if you did skip ahead, this is a good time for me to to drop in the, this is a good time moment? Yes. So, cutting off that that line of conversation? Yes. Cool. 
So, <laughs> and uh, so, so I've got another line of conversation. It might be a little bit rough for folks as well. So just putting it out there. But, um, and it's one of the reasons, Greg, I said, hey, you need to finish this series so we can talk about it on, on the podcast. And that's that Mark specifically took the job because he wasn't able to handle work because, because of his grief over his wife dying suddenly. And I think I know the answer when I ask, so, hey, Greg, do you think that cutting out your life for eight hours a day is a great way to uh, cope with grief? I think I told you I didn't want to be invited on this podcast for a relationship talk. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, clearly, I, and also I think that's one of the interesting conceits of the show is there the, the fighting in the universe about it is often about people wanting their autonomy to deal with their problems in the way that they want to deal with them. And then the people that are that are their loved ones in their life to be like, this is not a healthy way to deal with the thing that's happening. Um, everybody deals with grief in their own way. There's no perfect way to do it, but there are certainly unhealthy ways to do it. And like avoiding, he should just drink like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> he does that too. Oh, he does do that too. Oh, <laughs> but, but like not addressing the issue means that you're not addressing the issue. You can't move forward. And our culture and our society hates the thought of what therapy even means. To yeah. mention mm -hmm. therapy means you're that you weak. are a loser and weak. But also, if you're in therapy, you're probably not murdering your wife and children. Yeah. So there is there is a healthy balance. Yeah. I mean, uh, I always tell people, like, going going to the emergency department for help because you feel sad or suicidal doesn't mean you're weak or crazy. Unlike what like family members and whatnot have told you, yeah. this is not true. I mean, remember, mm -hmm. part of the reason why you're in the ER is because of the shit your horrible family members say to you. Mm -hmm. I think there are some really good things happening in the realm of mental health when it comes to access because of things like, you know, online therapists. It allows you to have different access. The problem is any... Or at least the issue that I think is not talked about is that therapy is not a quick fix. It takes time. It takes time, and it also means you have to invest in it your own time. And, and that can be really, really tough when you're in a not great place. Um, it is totally worth it, but also you have to know that you can, you can start that investment and realize this therapist isn't good for me. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and, and that can be hard. Because it, you know, you're if you're going to a therapist, you're in a vulnerable place, um, and to say, you know, I, I still want to go, th I I want to move forward with with this, but not with you is hard. But also, a good therapist knows that, like no. they they're not not every therapist is for every person. So, I'm I I say this to people a lot about primary care doctors is like, if you're not going to listen to your doctor, you need to find a different doctor. Not every doctor does things the same way, but if you if you can't even follow their instructions, then what's the point? Yeah. So you have to find that balance of a person who you respect, that you like going to, that you're going to do their follow up, and you are you're going to at least try to meet their goals. And that's not every single doctor. I mean, I don't listen to Jackson. I don't <laughs> listen to Craig either. So, I don't listen to this podcast. So. <laughs> But yeah. So so avoidance bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> Avoidance bad, severance good. Severance good. Severance good. Um, praise care. Praise care. I And in an interesting way, I mean, I, I also feel that family always, like any, anyone that is in your world always thinks they have the answer. And for the most part, the answer is really be supportive of your loved one. Like if they're going through some tough stuff, your advice doesn't matter unless they want to hear it. Um, for they probably just kind of want to hang out and do play video games and podcasts and what like so stop stop telling people what you think they should do it what you think doesn't matter says me that's what I think which does matter. <laughs> yeah <laughs> mom <laughs> listen to what I say yeah I've I've got a couple more questions I need to ask mm-hmm. um but before I do is there anything else that we kind of want to touch on talk about. You should really watch this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't think of really if there's anything else. I really enjoyed it. I had read some articles, and it's it's very weird because being at Comic-Con with you guys, I, re- I, I have this – when we have gone, I, I get to that point where I'm like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> I, I hate <laughs> all of these things. And uh, Severance was like a thing I read about and was kind of, you know, like it felt like sci-fi up my alley. But then watching it, it's like it's a little bit slow to start with, but I think it's totally worth the investment. Um, and if it's a thing that you heard about and thought maybe you want to see, I, I totally think it's worth. Just worth give it, give energy. it, a, yeah. give it some time. Yeah, I think everyone who, after Johnny told me to watch it, and I've told other people to watch it, once you get through like the first two or three episodes, you're pretty much gonna finish the series in two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, think there's, I think there's just enough like surreal silliness in it. That can pull you through some of the more hard. Not even that it's. It's not that it's like none of it is serious. It's interesting. It's just it was so not what I expected. And I, I actually think what um, my friend said like, oh, you like your job. Like that made a big difference. Like that's right. I do like my job. So I can't. Like I'm not jumping into some of the irony of this. And but I think most people probably don't (laughs) like their jobs, which is that's what would make this work. Yeah. I, I like the childlike aspect of the innies. The fact that, okay, they are, they, they, yes, they are fully grown adults physically and to some extent emotionally. But at the same time, like, you can see that Mark is, has a little bit of childlike wonder sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, I also, um, do have a question. The human centipede marketed itself as 100% medically accurate. If that's the case, how medically accurate is uh, Severance, the Apple TV series, as a whole, holistically? Please rate all episodes equally. Um, I I mean, I really like things that are, that are like right now potentially plausible sci- science. Like, is this feasible? Not really. But like... Eh, maybe. I don't know what's going on in a real laboratory but, with stuff. But the human centipede can occur right now, too. But I have more problems with the things happening in human centipede <laughs> and the pace that they ha- I mean, like... It does happen pretty quick. Happens. I mean, so I would, I would say if the human centipede is a hun- builds itself as 100%, I'm willing to say this is... 110% medically accurate. You know, I actually wrote, <laughs> I actually wrote the same thing as you did. Uh, the creator, by the way, uh, says that the show is 100% mathematically accurate. I'm sure those numbers are real scary. 
Yeah, well, math and medicine are not the same. Jackson, why do you say 110%? It's more medically accurate than the human centipede. I mean, I have like problems with how they did the the chip being placed in and just where it was near, but for the most part, like we're near future. This is technology that doesn't exist yet. I I mean, so in truth, it should be 90%. No, but the hanging and the bat scene really drive it up because it's definitely accurate. Yeah. It's it's kind of so. it's right on the cusp, and that's human centipede is also right on the cusp. We're gonna see people it's, walking around on their knees, taped butt to mouth. But will they be severed? I mean, they're, that's the only they're gonna they're, they're gonna wish they were. <laughs> you you took us down. Yeah, this you path. did. I did. I did take us down this. So, the, I thought the, we had it wrapped up pretty nice. We did, yeah. and then all of a sudden, ooh, the human centipede. Yeah, now we're all screwed again. The premise, yeah. Oh, the premise of the show that you do every time. <laughs> Why would you do that this time? Um, so yeah, like if if you haven't watched Severance and you listen to all of this, um, watch Midsummer. Actually, if you watch, if you listen to all of this and haven't watched Severance, I also want to know why you put your dog poop in a bag, but then leave it in the middle of the alley. <laughs> it feels like you're half doing something. You're so close <laughs> to completing it. Just, just, just put it you in the trash It's not even in the alley. It's tossed next to a full It can. is on the lid of the garbage yeah. can. Um, so with that, folks, um, I want to thank you for listening, as always. Want to encourage you to watch Severance if you haven't already. Want to encourage you to like and subscribe to this podcast uh, and tell your friends about it because that's the best way that people hear about podcasts. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you, Dr. Gray Winter, for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you, Dr. Jackson Vane, for... Uh, Good to be here again. Yeah, for being here again. Uh, <laughs> praise care. Praise care.